Hey, my name is Jason Doman. I'm the youth pastor here at Alpine Church. Uh, I, it just, it's such a privilege to be up here again in Logan a couple weeks ago when I was here, uh, and then a couple weeks before that. I, we, I joked about every time I'm here, I'm either kicking off a new series or it's communion. Today is neither, so I, I don't know if I've been promoted or demoted. I'm not, I'm not sure, but we're, we're going to roll with it. We're going to have a good time. I did want to share one thing with you guys before we get into this, though. Uh, last time I was here, I, I shared the dates for Summerfest, which is our, our biggest event of the year. Uh, this is the event that the students love. They all want to go to. Uh, the dates got mixed up, so they had a scheduling conflict up at Big Canyon Ranch where, where we go. Uh, so the, the new dates are Jan, or excuse me, July 22nd, through the 25th, and I know that that falls over that 24th of July weekend that we love here in Utah, so I apologize if that uh, interferes with any of your, your plans. Hopefully we got the information out in enough time that you can adjust around that, because we do want to see all of the, the students there. So again, if you have a student 7th through 12th grade, uh, as soon as registrations are open, get them signed up for that event. It's, it's, it's our biggest event of the year. So I don't get to kick off a new series, but, but here we are. Four weeks in on our, our series, Jesus in Genesis, and what a wild ride this has, has been. I hope you guys have found it uh, as fun and, and as cool as I have. I think it's just been, it's been so neat, really, to, to look at all the different ways that we see Jesus show up in the book of Genesis or in the Old Testament in general. When, when we talk about Jesus, we, we typically refer to New Testament things. We typically talk about when Jesus was, was here on earth, when he was doing ministry, when he was teaching the word himself, when he was uh, building up his disciples and, and, and pouring in to his followers. But because we don't see the name Jesus anywhere in the Old Testament, it can be easy for us to kind of gloss over or to kind of to miss all those places that we find Jesus throughout the Old Testament, and that's what this series has been all about, is seeing Jesus in the Old Testament, specifically in the book of Genesis. So let's, let's take a look at, at where we've been so far. We started in, in, in week one where we talked about Jesus reversing the curse. We talked about Jesus not, not only being our redeemer, but also our creator, right? Through God's word, he created everything, and Jesus is the word, right? So from, from the, the second that, that Satan stepped onto the scene, God put this plan in motion to use his son to reverse that curse. We, we were told that uh, from the, the, the woman's, right, from, from this woman, from her lineage would be the one who would crush Satan's head, right? And that Satan would only wound him. And we find out later, of course, that through, through Eve comes Jesus. In week two, we looked at this, this mysterious figure known as, as Melchizedek, Right? We, we see that he shows up on the scene and, and he blesses Abraham. And Abraham, in return, he praises Melchizedek and he also pays a tithing to Melchizedek. And we know, of course, the only one who is worthy of that is Jesus. So we see Jesus uh, and Melchizedek as well. And then last week we looked at the story of Abraham sacrificing his son Isaac on, uh, on the altar. Uh, and that, we, when, we, when we talk about a story like that, we, we call those a type of Christ, right? That story is, is a type of Christ. It foreshadows something that's going to happen in the future. In that case, it foreshadowed Jesus thousands of years later being sacrificed um, for us. And so here we are, uh, week four, at the stairway to heaven. Now, if we're being honest, or at least if I'm being honest with myself, when I, when I hear Stairway to Heaven, the first thing that I think about isn't God. It's this. 
such an iconic intro, right? Such, such a cool song. I don't tell anybody we listen to Stairway to Heaven at church, okay? That's not, that's not what this is about, but it, it, it's so cool. And, and, and one of the things I found interesting as I was preparing for this sermon is that two of the greatest rock songs of all times are Stairway to Heaven and Highway to Hell. <laughs> so that was kind of an interesting fact to point out, but the, the reality is this, this Stairway to Heaven, this picture we see in Genesis is, is so much cooler than a rock song. Okay, it's so much cooler than that. There's so much more to it than that. So go ahead, open your, open your Bibles to uh, Genesis chapter 27. We'll be in, in Genesis 27 and, and 28 today. We're going to be talking again about Isaac uh, because, of course, his, his, his father Abraham didn't end up sacrificing him. God provided a lamb at the last second, and so Isaac escaped that. So this time, though, Isaac is the father in the story. Uh, before we get into that, though, let's, let, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your word and uh, just how cool this is, God, to, to see your son throughout the Old Testament. God, I know that that's something that maybe, maybe we've never really looked for, um, but God, to, to see this, I, I hope that, it, that it, it, it changes our perspective, God. I hope that it encourages us and, and, and gives us a, a hunger and a, and a desire to, to get into the Old Testament even more, God, and, and look for the, the places that, that Jesus shows up, God. We're so grateful for word um, and study him, God. I pray that you would speak to us today as we look closer at the book of Genesis, God, at the story of creation. And God, we just um, give our time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Genesis 28 is where we, we find out all about this, this stairway to heaven thing. But let me, let me kind of set it up for us first before we get too far into it. Maybe some of you are, are going to be able to relate to this story today because you've experienced some kind of uh, dysfunction in your family. Right? Probably all of us, to some extent, a little bit, have, have experienced some dysfunction in our families. And this family, though, that we're going to look at, they, they kind of take it to a whole new level. All right, so the, the, this, this story, we're really going to focus on Jacob, who is Isaac's sons, right? So Isaac is the dad now, Abraham is the grandfather, and, and he's had, Isaac has had these two sons, twins, Jacob and Esau. All right, and through some just crazy uh, circumstances, this crazy story we're going to look at, we find that Jacob is on the run. Okay, Jacob is on the, 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 the run from the dysfunction in his family, from the manipulation in his family, from, from the anger, from the deceit. Now keep in mind, Jacob is the one who has caused most of these things. But nevertheless, he, he's on the run, and while he's on the run, he encounters God. I love this because this is such a great picture of what Christianity is really all about. Right? When we look at all the, all the other major religions in the world, it, it's always about us trying to reach up to God. Right? It's about us trying to, to prove our worth. It's about us trying to do good deeds and do good things. It's about us trying to check off boxes and, and, and show ourselves to be worthy of God. But what we see in Christianity, what we, what we see in the Bible, is that God actually came down to us. God came down to us. It's not about us trying to reach him. And we're going to see uh, an example of that happening here in Jacob's story. So here's the, the, the first thing I want to focus on today. It's that, that Jacob deceived his father and stole God's blessing from Esau. Okay, he, he deceived his father and he stole the blessing from his older brother and then he flees in fear. 
Okay, he, he, he flees because of, of what he's done, and, and along the way, he has this pow- powerful encounter with God. Now, if you're not familiar with this story, it, it starts back in, in Genesis 27. Okay, we, we come on the scene here, we see uh, Rebecca, who is Isaac's wife. She's talking to uh, who appears to be her favorite son, even though we don't have favorites as parents, right? Okay, so this looks to be Rebecca's favorite son. She says, now my son, listen to me. Do exactly as I tell you. Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. And then, take, and then you take the food to your father so that he can eat and bless you before he dies. Now, if we go back just a little bit further uh, in Genesis chapter 27, we see that Isaac, who is basically on his deathbed at this point, he has already called Esau in to offer him the blessing. He's already called him in to, to start this process, and he's asked Esau to, to go out hunting and then to come back and, and cook whatever, whatever he kills, right, and then bring that food to him, and then he will give God's blessing to him. Isaac will give God's blessing to Esau. Now, in this culture, the, the blessing would, would always go to the oldest son. But remember, Jacob and Esau, they're, they're twins, right? And so, you know, if you've been around twins, like, there's always this constant battle of who's actually the older one, right? We, we hear that all the time. But in this case, Esau was the firstborn, and so he is entitled to this blessing from his father. Again, if you know the story, you know that, that, that Jacob has already taken Esau's birthright from him. Now, Jacob has already taken Esau's birthright. See, Esau was out hunting. Again, he, he really shouldn't go hunting. All this bad stuff happens. But he, he comes home. He, he's really hungry. He's really tired from, from being out hunting all day. And he sees that Jacob has, has made some soup for himself. Esau really wants some of that soup. So he asked Jacob for some. And Jacob says, I'll give you my soup for your birthright. I don't know how that happened. Like, I don't know how you trade away something like that. That's like, I'll give you my soup for your sense of humor, right? Like, you can't, that's just yours. Like, you can't just give that away. But they do. They somehow make this trade. And Esau gives away his birthright for some soup. So there's already this, 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 this tension between the two brothers. And, and now what we're seeing here in this passage is, is that Jacob, with the help of his mom, Okay, like this family is dysfunctional. With the help of his mom, is going to steal his older brother's blessing. So here we go. Esau, he's, he's out hunting, just like his father asked him to do. Rebecca, mom, she prepares this meal and gives it to, to, to Jacob, and he takes it in to Isaac. Remember Isaac, he, he, he's, he's up there in years, right? His eyesight is failing him, and so Jacob deceives him and convinces him that, that he is actually Esau. And so Isaac puts his, puts his hand on, on Jacob and he gives him this amazing blessing, thinking that this is his oldest son. So Jacob deceives his father. Meanwhile, Esau comes home from his hunting trip and he finds out that yet again his brother has taken from him what is rightfully his. You can imagine he's probably less than pleased. He's probably thinking a lot of things that we can't say here at church. Right? Now, here's the thing. Like, if you have multiple kids or if you have siblings, you know they fight. Right, Bellises? Right? They, they, they fight. Like, I have two, I have two boys. Uh, they're two years apart, almost to the date, 11 and 13. And, and they're not even to the age yet where, like, they're actually fighting. 
But I've experienced so much, so much just chaos and, and carnage at home, right, that I, I've had a taste of this. For me, growing up, I, only, I had two older sisters, and so my parents didn't really have to worry about, like, the bloody nose or the cut lip or anything. Uh, and my oldest sister, she was, she, we were far enough apart in age that we didn't, we didn't really fight. But the middle sister, <laughs> right, you guys know, like, if you're a middle child, you know, right? Even if you're not, you know, middle child, right? She, I always felt bad for her because she had to fight with the oldest sister, and then she had to fight with me the sweet angel baby of the family, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I remember she, she in her room, she had all these shelves and she, she had all these like porcelain dolls and stuff on, her, on, on the shelves and whenever she, whenever she would make me mad, whenever I'd get mad at her, I'd go into the hallway and I'd pound on the hallway and knock all of her dolls off on the floor, right? And, and she would cry and my parents would come home and they never believed her. They're like, no, he wouldn't do that. Like he, he would never do that, right? And one time I, I kicked in the wall and I kicked a hole through the wall and that was it. That was the beginning of the end for me, that my parents never would let me get away with anything anymore. So, but siblings fight, all right? That, that's what they do. And, and so Jacob and Esau, they're in the midst of this fight because of what Jacob's done. And Esau, he's actually to the point where he is planning his brother's death. He's planning to kill his brother. Now listen, I know all of us have probably been at that point in anger in our life where we've been like, I want to kill them. But when you start planning a murder... Like, that's a, that's a whole new level. Like, that's a new ball game that you've started, okay? And this is his own brother. This is his own sibling that he's planning the murder for, okay? So, again, you guys, this, this family is dysfunctional. Let's forward a, a little bit more here in, in, in Genesis chapter 27. It says, but Rebekah heard about Esau's plans. So she sent for Jacob and told him, listen, Esau is consoling himself by plotting to kill you. So listen carefully, my son. Get ready and flee to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay there with him until your brother cools off. So Jacob, with help from mom, (laughs) deceives his brother and his father. And now Jacob, again with help from mom, is running from the consequences of his actions. In reality, he's, he's running from the dysfunction, right? He's running from the guilt. He's running from the, the, the fear and the brokenness that's going on in his family. And meanwhile, mom is still working behind the scenes. Uh, Jacob's fleeing and mom's covering for him. She's telling everybody that he just went to find a wife. He just went to look for a wife. She's still busy behind the scenes. So that's it. That's, that's everything that's happening. All this stuff that's happened up until this point sets us up for what is about to take place in Genesis chapter 28, starting in verse 10. It says, Meanwhile, Jacob had left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp, and he stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. So this encounter that we're seeing here this is one of those examples of God coming down to us. Okay, it's also another example showing us that God's plan will not be thwarted. Okay, God's plans will not be interrupted. And maybe some of you are thinking, like, it's just a dream, Pastor Jason. Like, no, it's so much more than that. It's so much more. There's so much going on here, and we're going to get into that. But, but here's the point that I want to make right now, is that God extends his promise to Jacob in spite of of his brokenness. 
God extends his promise to Jacob in spite of his brokenness. Even though Jacob has deceived and betrayed his brother and his father, and even though he's now running from this crazy mess that he caused, God still chooses to bless him. Okay, now young people, teenagers, hear me out, okay? God is not blessing Jacob because of his bad behavior. Okay, this isn't like God's way of bringing Jacob back to him. God is blessing Jacob because that's what God can do. That's what God chooses to do. God is making himself known to Jacob. God is choosing to bless Jacob and his family because that's what God does. He's blessing Jacob and his family for his glory, for God's glory. One of the things we've been, been doing in the series that, that I've really liked uh, is, is doing kind of slide comparisons. And so I've got a couple of those for you guys today. So we'll start Genesis 12.1. The Lord had said to Abram, whose name was eventually changed to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Guess where that land that he was going to show him is? It's this place where Jacob is now sleeping. This very place where Jacob has now laid his head down on this rock and is having this dream is the land that God had promised to Abraham. Tell me that's not cool. Maybe, maybe you're skeptic, all right? Maybe you're, you're still not, you're not buying in quite yet, so I've got, I've got more. I'm going to give you more, all right? So Genesis 28, 13, back to Jacob's dream. It says, at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I'm giving it to you and to your descendants. So we're starting to see God's covenants be fulfilled. God first offers this this promise to Abraham in Genesis 12, and it passes on to, to Isaac in Genesis 22, and now we see Jacob lying down in this very land that has been promised to his family for generations in in Genesis 28. Uh, This is pretty cool stuff, you guys. I I, I love this. So a couple more verses to, to, to look at. Continue on the story for Abraham. He says, I will make you into a great nation. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And then back to Jacob. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. All of the families of the earth will be blessed. That's your family. That's my family. Right? All of the families of the earth will be blessed through this lineage and through Abraham and his, and, and, and his generation, right? And through his, through his lineage. All of us have been blessed by this promise that God has given to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, even though they didn't deserve it. Abraham didn't deserve it. Isaac didn't deserve it. Jacob didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But the promise, this promise from God has never been about us being worthy. It's never been about us doing good things or, 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 or trying to live up to a certain standard. This promise has always been about God's goodness. This promise has always been about God's righteousness, about his love for us. And maybe, maybe you're not tracking with me right now. Maybe you can't relate to, to having a dysfunctional family. Maybe you can't relate to, to wanting to run from your, your brokenness. Maybe you're perfect. 
Maybe you have a perfect family. If that's you, this, this message is not for you. <laughs> that's not true. But this message isn't for you. This message is for those of us who are broken, who are full of sin in our life. See, God knew that if this promise was up to us keeping our end of a bargain or our end of an agreement, that we'd be hosed. God knew there would be no way for us to do this on our own. So God blessed Abraham, and it's simply based on God's will. Abraham didn't do anything to deserve that blessing. Neither did Isaac, neither did Jacob. And God blesses us simply because he can, simply because he loves us. Simply because that's what God does. That's who God is. And he gives us this this free gift of grace that we don't deserve. We haven't earned in any way. There's no way we could pay it back. And God gives gives this to us willingly. He he loves us enough that he would send his, his son to suffer and die on the cross for our sins, for our mistakes. We can be forgiven of our sin. We can, we can spend eternity in heaven with God simply by trusting in what Jesus did for us on the cross that day. So let's, let's connect this thing back to Jesus. See, Jacob, he, he had a vision of, of, the, of a stairway connecting heaven to earth, and that stairway was a symbol of Jesus himself. This is where we see Jesus show up in in this story in the Old Testament. Remember that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Genesis 28, 12. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached up from heaven, that reached from heaven, (laughs) sorry, a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. And he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. Compared with John 1, 51. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, right? This is is thousands of years later. Thousands of years later after this first promise has been given to Jacob. And he gathers his disciples together and he says this. He says, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Think about who, who, who is hearing Jesus say this. It's his disciples who are Jewish. They know this story. They've heard this story since birth, day in and day out, over and over and over again, in synagogue, from their parents, at bedtime. They know this story. They know about Jacob's ladder. They know about the place where Isaac laid down his head and had this encounter with God. This goes all the way back to Eve where it was promised that through her lineage, Satan would be crushed, right? And this blessing was given to, to, to Abraham and said, through your lineage, everyone will be blessed. Same with Isaac and Jacob and goes down the line. We go to Judah. If you open up the book of Matthew, at the very beginning, there's a lineage that traces it all the way to Jesus. Jesus is that blessing. Jesus is how we have all been blessed through the covenant that God made originally with Abraham. And Jesus' followers would have known this. They would have known all about this. And what Jesus is saying to them right there is that he is that stairway. He is the stairway. So think again about the the different religions in the world, how it's always about working your way up to God. It's either your works or your works plus something. 
right? And so I love that we, the, the, the winner that we picked for the, for the billboard, that Jesus plus nothing. That's it. There's nothing we can add. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can make in addition to what Jesus has done for us that makes us right with God. Jesus took care of everything himself. In Jacob's dream, we, we see that a representation of Jesus coming down to us and his willingness to meet us right where we're at. His willing, willingness to meet us right where we are in the midst of our dysfunction, in the midst of our brokenness. Right? John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. See, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the only way, and it's, it's not about anything that, that we do or anything that we can do. It's all about what he has already done for us, right? Jesus is like, stop trying to do this on your own and just take the stairs. That's not a perfect analogy, all right, because nobody likes climbing stairs, but you get it, right? Like, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the stairs. And he, he, the, the cool thing about this is he doesn't expect you to get to a certain place first, Right? He doesn't expect you to, to make up for your mistakes. He doesn't expect you to, to right all of your wrongs. He's willing to just meet you right where you are, no matter where you're at, no matter what brokenness you're dealing with, no matter what sin you have in your life, no matter what secret sin you have in your life, right? no matter what dysfunction you have in your family, no matter what's going on, no matter where you're at, Jesus will meet you right there, right now. Jesus is willing to do that. Let me leave you just one more verse before we get out of here. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. It says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. At the end of the first sermon, someone came up to me and, and asked, why would you say that being a Christian is difficult? <laughs> I couldn't, I didn't know what he meant. Like, I don't remember saying that. This first, the, the, that narrow road, the road is difficult. Right? Nobody has ever claimed that it's easy to be a Christian. To put our faith in, in Jesus and what he did for us, that's just the first step. That's just the beginning to your journey as a Christian. That part is easy. To live a life that honors God, to go out in this world and, and live a life that people want to know why you're different, what makes you different. They want to know what you have that they don't have. That's not an easy thing to do. The world right now, they hate God. The culture that we live in, the stuff that our kids are, are hearing at school, our world is anti-God. So to go out there and, and to live a life, right? we talk about we, we start by trusting Jesus and, and we grow by, uh, by helping others, right? And, and, and we live to honor God. That part is hard. To live that kind of life, that's a very difficult thing to do. And that, that's what this is talking about. To live that, that kind of life. And so, again, we, we see we have a stairway to heaven and a highway to hell. And the only way to get to heaven is, is to take the stairs. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just for who you are. 
for being such an amazing and, and, and gracious and forgiving and loving God. God, I, I, I have to say, I, I personally have, have really enjoyed this series, God, and I, um, I, I know that it, that can be a difficult thing to dig into, God, to, to look at all this uh, all these different ways that we, we see Jesus. God, we talk about uh, these big churchy words of, of Christophanes and, 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 and the Christology involved in it and uh, all these crazy things, God, that maybe we've never heard of before. But I hope that when we can go back and reflect on this series, God, I hope that next time we open up the Old Testament, God, that we can be excited to, to look for your son throughout that book or throughout all those books. God, it's so cool to, to just see how everything works together. God, how everything comes together and, and, and the entire Bible points us to, to that one story, God, to that one point where you gave us your most precious possession. God, and he went to the cross and paid for our sins. So God, thank you for loving us enough to do something like that. God, we have so much to be grateful for, no matter where we're at in life. God, I know there's people in this room who are struggling, God, who have been affected, whether by, by COVID or, or, or all the multiple things going on in the world right now. God, I know there's people in this room who are struggling. But God, you, you still sent your son to us because you loved us. God, that's where we get our hope. God, that's where we get our drive to move forward, to press on. So God, I pray for anyone here today who, who is struggling, God, that they turn to you. God, that they know you are their rock. God, that that's where they can rely on. God, thank you for all you do for us. We praise you, praise your name, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.